Hello. Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I am doing great, Gerard. And CEO, Henry Abbott. How are you, sir? Only here because of my angry group texting over the weekend, which got me invited. Yeah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, whenever there are uh, topics that I feel like we need to keep grounded and... So here's a weird metaphor. Keep grounded and elevated at the same time, right? Think about that. Oh, elevated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rel- yeah, I like that. <laughs> we have to have Henry on because, you know, he just keeps things like he asks larger questions. But what mm. about this? And what about this? Mm. And that, and so that's what we're going to mm. do here. So uh, Kyrie Irving, the Dallas Mavericks, they have been struggling a bit of late. Um, as of right now, they are out of the play-in. Not even in the play-in. It's most unfortunate. And... You know, when you talk about Kyrie, he's a polarizing guy. You have people who just want to attack him. And you have his fans who just love him to death, right, and don't see any of his flaws. And so what we want to do here is try to have a little bit more of a nuanced conversation and discuss the various ways in which, you know, Kyrie, the player, the teammate, et cetera. And a lot of fans right now are upset because they look at it like a basic science experiment, right? We subtracted Dorian Finney-Smith and who else left? Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. And we inserted Kyrie Irving. When we, those guys left, we were fourth in the West. Kyrie comes back. Now we're out and in, we're out of the plan. Well, Kyrie's the biggest variable. It must be his fault. He is the reason why we stink. And I don't think it's that quite, that quite cut and dry, right? I think they're not good defensively. And there's a, they were not good defensively before Kyrie got there. So that, that hasn't changed. And there are a lot of different things to, to address. But I want to make sure that we talk about this in an intelligent way. If you guys want to like get angry, you know what shows to watch to get angry. We're going to we're gonna talk about this uh, astutely. So I first want to start, David, with on the floor. What do you see Kyrie Irving doing for the Mavericks or to the Mavericks on the floor? I mean, he's fine. He's a hell of a playmaker. Um, I think he's playing selflessly. Uh, a, Selfless people, not selfish. You no, know, selflessly, for sure. Yeah, he... He could score a lot more if he wanted to. He seems like I don't think there's ever been an on the floor. Uh, I, I mean, he and Luca both were accused initially of being too unselfish. If you remember, mm-hmm. they lost the game because of it. The last play of the game. Um, anyone that suggests that he is the reason why this particular team is failing just doesn't understand basketball. That, that's not to say he's not been the problem other places and for different reasons and in different levels at different levels, but. I don't see anything on the court that would make me think for one moment he's to blame. And, and you already said it. They're bad defensively, and they traded their best defensive player. Like, this isn't rocket science. Yeah. Uh, you know how I feel. I, I always look at coaches. <laughs> and I feel like there's a big target there. He won't be there next year. Yeah. We'll, I, don't, we'll, I don't think. We'll, we'll talk about that. Henry, um, you know, it's interesting because what prompted it was there was a bunch of tweets firing around all weekend and you hopped into the group chat and, I did. I did. um, you know, uh, Bomani Jones, a media personality had commented or repl- replied to somebody who said, you know, basically calling Kyrie a loser and, you know, you, you can't win with this guy no matter where he goes, right. He causes losing basketball. And I kind of went back and checked right outside of his rookie year where that Cleveland team was terrible, but Kyrie, well, he was getting, amazing on that team though. Yeah. Kyrie Irving since his rookie year has been by any metric you look at, a positive player when he is on the floor, sometimes by a whopping wide margin. So I don't know that I can call Kyrie Irving a loser, right? Like now. No, you no, you do know you can't right. as it relates to basketball. Correct. I that cannot is call not him a, a loser. fair label. Nope. Cannot. Cannot. First of all, nope. 
He's one cha- so, No, I cannot call him a loser. That is just not possible. Now, there are issues that some people have with him in terms of how he comports himself as a teammate. However, David, you have, I have, Henry, I'm sure you have. His teammates passed. Lo- I have not gotten anybody to ever say anything poor about him on or off the record. So in one sense, he's quite a very good teammate. They all say. Now there's that public thing about, can we count on him? Will he show up to work? That piece of it, right? That seems to be something that isn't totally reliable. But Henry, you said there might be more there than just him being reliable. Maybe there's some trust factors. It's eroding. Not so complicated. Yes, there's a lot, a lot, a lot going on here, right? Like the the thing that got me animated was some guy on Twitter said he hasn't played winning basketball since 2016, and then Bamani Jones said uh, this assumes anything short of a chip can't be winning. I'm talking about winning games. No deeper meaning to those games, just games. Kyrie hasn't been on a bad team in nearly 10 years. Acting like he showed up and messed up the Mavs is lazy. Um, and I'm kind of like, oh, like, I think we could probably give David like a month and a bunch of film and he could like lead the world in explaining mm, little like Kyrie's defense has never been mm-hmm. remotely good. And mm-hmm. he's done, you know, come on. He Before he wouldn't get immunized, he was out for other re- Like He's just mm-hmm. like his measurable level of emotional commitment to the cause of the team has mm-hmm. been all over the shop. So, right. And we can, um, that. that's fair. All low, fair. low scores it, on low scores on complete availability mm-hmm. for different low reasons. scores on availability. Um, yeah. so there's that whole kind of ball of wax, uh, but I'm also feeling like Bomani's right here in that like Kyrie Irving. I, and I met him. I, I think he came to the draft lottery before he, he was drafted. Yeah. And he was there with his, um, with Jeff Wexler was Jeff, his agent yeah. at the time. And, um, Jeff's like, Oh, you should meet Kyrie. He's like the nicest young man in the world. Blah, blah. And, um, and as I shook his hand, I was like, this dude is my size. Like, he is, I mean, and to be, you know, he's top 10, 20 in the advanced stats every year mm-hmm. at that size without playing defense, which means he's an absolute fucking wizard, wizard. right? Like, <laughs> like his training is better than everybody else's training. Like, the way that he moves is ridiculous. I can't even... I'm not the person to explain it to you, but it's like, <laughs> it's obviously ridiculously good, right? Like he's kind of like a, a, a better, like, Alan, I mean, I grew up watching Alan Iverson, right? Like, like he's, who was a miracle worker at his he's size, a right? much better version of Alan Iverson. So like the, the one thing that really gets me is like the random guy on Twitter saying he hasn't played since 2016. It's like, it is a miracle to get from his size to where he has been, right? Like he has worked so hard. And I think like, so these things we can nitpick about defense. And I, I personally asked him on video in the earliest days of troop TV to respond to John Hollinger's claim that he is a flaming train wreck on defense. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, sounds like a Hollinger Hollinger. Description. Yeah. Kerry mm-hmm. loved that. Um, but, uh, but I think, um, so he's like a plus 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 mm-hmm. in like many skills, right? And and maybe there's some stuff that you can see on video or in the news or in his views on mm-hmm. Jews, mm-hmm. right? Like or mm-hmm. any other things, right? Or the world being flat, yeah. Where yeah. he's getting lower grades than a plus plus plus, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put it all together, and I don't know what we get, right? We get something that's like a radioactive substance, mm-hmm. right? And but it's not the case that this is a guy like this guy on Twitter saying he's a loser. Basically, right. it's like not true, dude, like <laughs> he put in extra time. He's been putting in extra time after every practice since he was born. Like mm-hmm. 
he's a absolute wizard in many regards and has won a lot because of it. And so Henry, that what you're talking about, I believe you also said not, not only was he your size, he's the size of your mailman. I, I believe it's it what you, I don't he know is the size of my mailman. Actually, John, I said milk carrier. Oh, milk carrier. <laughs> <laughs> right. Carrie is an average Joe size guy. He really right? is. But you, yeah. So I think it's those things you talked about to be an at, right. He's not a giant and in, in the NBA is a land of giants. To be that good in a land of giants, that is giving him um, feedback, right? <laughs> Playing feedback. What I'm doing to get myself prepared to play is really fucking good. <laughs> so why would I listen to anybody else <laughs> telling me to do something different? <laughs> no, 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 I'm barely six foot in shoes and I'm awesome doing this. Why am I going to listen to you telling me all these other things? What, what do you know about basketball? And so that trust erosion factor and David, as a coach, first one in the business to inspire. But in order to inspire, I got to build trust with you first or else fuck you out. Listen to me. One of, one of my real issues with Kyrie as a player uh, is he really he loves to lecture how, us as if we're all dummies and he's going to spot <laughs> one in the room. But that there is there is a connection there. I, I've said publicly before, I think something mentally is going on with him. Whether it's severe or not, who have no, I, I don't think it's severe, but there's something, there's a disconnect there that I am not certified to diagnose. But I know this uh, when you start acting like you, you are smarter than everyone, that is a symptom of something more significant going on. Uh, the comments about the world and Jews and everything else um, to me are a sign that something's happening there. I don't like being lectured by anyone. <laughs> Personally, I don't really, I, I don't care who you are. <laughs> Albert Einstein and I would have some debate. Me and Henry do. <laughs> but um, I definitely I don't hear- I company with that. I'll take <laughs> that. Right. Right. He will argue with Einstein about yeah. the theory. I, I just- his, his, No, I don't believe in that. <laughs> his tone is that, his, that is something that bothers me. But none of that should matter. The bottom line is this. I, I, again, try to be as pragmatic as possible. Uh, the Boston Celtics were better when he left. That doesn't mean he wasn't winning with them. He was. They were winning more without him. And, and in fact, it really did good without him. In Brooklyn, had p the pandemic never happened, hell, he could blame all his problems on Donald fucking Trump. Had, <laughs> had the pandemic never happened, uh, that team was unbelievable. Offensively, they were untouchable. And maybe it would have worked out great. That, that's, that's on him. The Dallas problem? No, I wouldn't even, if I listed 20 things wrong with them <laughs> that I've seen, he wouldn't make the list. He yeah. would not make the list. That doesn't mean down the road he won't make the list. But he also might be the reason why they suddenly get better. That's possible too. Um, but the idea that, that Dallas had to see this coming, they're getting Kyrie's best version, in my opinion. And the fact that it's still failing is, is shows the fundamental foundational problems in the organization that the best version of Kyrie can't fix. Um, and uh, that's an excellent point, David Henry. You know, there's another person in Dallas that takes up a lot of oxygen in the room and not the one who sits in the luxury suites. We'll get to him in a minute. Luka Doncic is the son that the Dallas Mavericks revolve around. Right. Um, and we all say on this show a million times, I mean, he is generational. Although David and I did like Jaron Jackson Jr. in that draft is upside higher. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> We're not looking so bad, David. We're okay. <laughs> we got it. We're fighting. We got a yeah, chance. Yeah, we're looking good. We're looking okay. Um, you know, Luca, what is the Luca piece of this um in, in this equation? Because, you know, in everything you just in everything that happens, really, there's always a hint or a twinge of race in the background, right? Luca is 
the white superstar. Kyrie is not. He was drafted by the Mavericks. He is their savior. He's the guy literally on the white horse coming in to rescue and save the day. He was predicted to be. Wait, multiple- wait, was there literally a white horse? Probably a white horse. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> predicted to win multiple MVPs, all these, all these things, right? He is the man. Well, you know, how much of it is let's blame Kyrie because we don't want to fault some of the things in Luka. David talked about defense. I can't tell you how many times I watch a game and the Mavericks get scored on because Luka's in the backcourt arguing with the ref about a foul call he didn't get. And they got, you know, four on three the other way or whatever. And yeah, we're, we're toast because you're back here arguing or you're jogging back, still yelling at the ref. How much of, of that plays into it, Henry, the racial component? I mean, it's well, also, this is Texas, right? <laughs> also and Texas. what I was going to say Kyrie got himself some cred in the Trump world and then he went to Texas, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there, I do. I could make a sort of shitty argument. It wouldn't be my strongest <laughs> argument that like there's a little bit of a history of pandering in this market mm, right mm, like mm-hmm. um yeah they're definitely i mean there's just no way around the fact there are going to be some fans mm-hmm. right this is this is a sport that struggled in the south um and th- there have been creative efforts some of which echo nixon's southern strategy right <laughs> to get people in big southern markets to embrace nba basketball right mm-hmm. and i you know it's tough it's tough and there's a lot of like you know that Mark Cuban spends a lot of time doing like military events and like, you know, just kind of like there's some coding kind of stuff mm-hmm. happens here. Right. Like, um, I don't know. I, I, and you're right. Like, you know, Luca's not a great defensive player. And they said after last season that he was going to like come back and get better at that, which he's is not exactly a good what one. They were, what's he's that? not a good, he's not a good one. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, not great. He's not good. <laughs> he's not good. <laughs> Average at best. Right. This team is exactly like the, the CJ Dame blazers right mm. like it's exactly that right it's like okay so you got luca is dame right what the fuck are you gonna do how are you gonna make this a winning team right and like and this is where pressure on the franchise and the franchise isn't up to the task right like yeah yeah but luca just, david luca shouldn't be dame he's six eight okay you're not super quick laterally whatever but you're fucking big as shit like right like come on like it just your size alone should be a deterrent on defense of course you're right uh, I think we're losing, it's not us, I think everyone's losing track of a couple of important things. And I know that we've talked about it some. The opposing star, and <laughs> the, the franchise itself is, that team is not thick on talent. And so what we're asking, in this case, Kyrie and Luca to do, is, is, a, is a big ask. There's not a lot of talent around them, mm-hmm. as I see it. And... Um, there's not a lot of uh, what would you call elite athletes with great shot blocking skill. They're not a team that takes your breath away with their speed and explosiveness and all of that. And then I don't have it in front of me, but is Luca 23, 24? 23, I think. I'm pulling up right now. Like this is a young man. Yeah, very whatever good. he is, he is a young guy. 24. Yeah. So 24. Yeah. So this year he's turned 24. So um, I, he's he's allowed to get better. He's carrying a lot, and a lot. it takes a while to adjust to. I mean, Kyrie's by far the best offensive teammate he's ever had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kyrie's better than anyone's offensive teammate, pretty much ever had, with a few exceptions. And so, he maybe just in theory, let's say Kyrie went back there next year, uh, you would think there's a discussion that's going on all summer to Luca about you don't have to save your energy for us offensively because we have Kyrie. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't happen overnight, and it's not going to happen probably this season or postseason, if there even is one for them. So th- these are all important factors. But 
What's interesting is how how have we how, other than me, how is no one going back to the coach and, and management and management to Henry's point? You know, it starts with ownership. Who who have you provided? You took away their best defensive player. Spencer was a good player. Kyrie's better, but he wasn't the problem, mm-hmm. right? They need to address. You're better off trading Spencer for maybe five other guys that answered some things. They're just they're just flawed. They're a very flawed team. You mentioned athleticism. When I watch them, the only guys that come off the screen to me in that way with speed and stuff like that, it's like Josh Green and Christian Wood. That's really it. Nobody else on that. I'm like, yeah, you're all kind of below the rim guys, you know, right? Like, is that about right for you, David? Yeah. I mean, they, they're starting center is Dwight Powell. And their backup is Maxi Kleber. 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 Yeah. Kleber. I mean, what I, I love, I like, I like both guys very much. Right. But Powell probably shouldn't be playing anymore. Maxi's a fine backup, but that's their center. And Dallas Bertans will play stretch four-ish, five. They go yeah. small, but like, yeah, yeah. they – they're not an athletic team. They'd be, I tell you what, they would do really well in the Big Ten. <laughs> oh my God. They would be a terrific Big Ten team, right? That's Three yards in a cloud of dust. They would just downgraded an NBA team to yeah. a Big no, they Ten. Would, uh, yeah, they would destroy the Big Ten, obviously. Like, how but many that, leagues down is that? Yeah. That's a, that's a million leagues yeah. down. Yeah. The uh, ACB, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was being silly for uh, a point. Yeah, I know. They are just a muck it up, but, they, but that's not who their teams should be at all. And I haven't looked it up, but I bet their pace is, I think is probably pretty far down. Let's see. Um, they're not, a, I watched them on tape a lot this morning. 28th in pace. Yeah. I watched the games. They, I, <laughs> You're like, I, I don't need to watch. No, no, I, I know. This morning I watched. <laughs> and, and tell you what, they're, they're running a half court almost every time down because they're not flying. And, uh, and with Luca, I mean, surround him with athletes. I mean, Kyrie's fine, but they failed yeah. dramatically. And and guys, if we know anything, we know this: the second round and the G League and other other places that ha- other teams that have an extra backup wing, whatever. That's an athlete. You you can build an athletic team if you wanted to. You know, they they're looking at shooting, and that was it, and that was a huge mistake. Um, you know, Henry. One of the things that you often talk about is the team structure and dynamic and the environment to incubate these seeds. I'm going to call these players seeds to flourish and be the best version of whatever plant they're going to blossom into. And I think we've, we come to the realization that eh, most, most places not really good incubators for any of this stuff, right? They just, there's just nothing present or prevalent to allow growth at all. Um, Yeah. What's, what's going on in Dallas? I think there's like a, a, what there's a, kind of urge to see Mark Cuban as like boy wonder Richie right. rich, like kind of like the every man that <laughs> tripped into a team. And like, and there's, I think there's something kind of fun about that for a lot of people. Right. Where it's just like, he just is a fan who cares so much. And, mm-hmm. um, but we're many, many years into this now and he has won a championship, but I feel like there's like this, uh, he has some ability to be smarter than his competition. And he, loves that right it's like his favorite thing he, he's the guy who wants to be judging every business on shark tank right like he wants to be like ha and so you know when they got rick carlisle um i interviewed wayne winston who was mark's college professor who's basically like we have analyzed every coach in the league we've seen who's the players who have production curves that are above average and rick carlisle scored well, only phil jackson beat him basically so like Mark guess has a moment of like rubbing his hands together and being like you are a bunch of dumb shits and i'm the smart one right mm-hmm. and he loves this kind of harry potter like <laughs> you know, bringing in the next wizard, right? And like, right. so it was Rick Carlisle. 
for a long time, and they won a championship. And then, like, Rick had some sort of sordid implications. He just kind of had, like, he's like, well, we'll see how this giant mess goes when mm-hmm. he left, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was a big, they were congratulating themselves, and they got DeAndre Jordan. They thought, oh, the Knicks screwed up Dennis Smith, but we're going to fix him. Right. Christoph Porzingis, mm-hmm. Seth Curry was going to be, like, the, you know, Haralabos was going to come in and yeah, yeah. run the front office. Uh-huh. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, like, they, they've thrown themselves so many, Jalen Brunson, right? Mm-hmm. So many times they've been like, we're smarter than everybody. And meanwhile, if you're Luca, who's been there since 2018, like, Every one of these people I just named was like the person who's going to partner with Luca to make something great. And then they just keep switching, right? And so right now it's Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison, Christian Wood, Kyrie Irving, right? Like I'm guaranteeing Mark Cuban, if they really do miss the playoffs and the play in and have this sort of very embarrassing turn of events with Luca, who is in his prime. I know he can't get better, but like yeah. you, you don't get better at 30. You really don't get better at 27, right? Like you, you can, but it's, it's most commonly like these next two years are his best years, right? Um, Mark Cuban is not going to take the blame for for Luca starring on shitty teams. So Jason Kidd, Nico Harrison, Christian Wood, Kyrie Irving, it might be you, right? You <laughs> might be the ones who have to take the blame here, and we're just going to have Harry Potter is going to cast his next spell, and Luca is going to have his prime years go by with like some kind of hail marys. I love it, Harry Potter. I want to pay you back on something Henry said. H- having having, I mean, I, I was friendly. I don't talk to him right now too much, but uh, I was friendly with Mark. And to the point, I did a couple of deals with him, even um, just as because I knew him better than the agent did. Do you guys um, don't know that uh, David DJ's parties? Yeah, <laughs> that's, not, that's not happening. That's not what it was. No, <laughs> no. But um, but when Henry Henry twice said they won a championship, but yes. it was more than that. They they to me were they were the model mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. give your fans a fucking great team to watch, mm-hmm. win 50 wins every plus year. every year, mm-hmm. give yourself a chance to win a championship. I'd, I'd play entertaining basketball, be pragmatic, pivot when, depending on who your roster is. I really thought they were the model. And clearly, and maybe they were. Well, I think they were. They're not now. Henry, Henry listed off those names. Some of those players were good on Dallas and they're good elsewhere. Some of them are better elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like Brunson, mm-hmm. like KP. There was one more you said too. Was it Seth Curry? Seth Curry. De- like Dennis Smith, Dennis yeah. Smith. yeah. Who, mm-hmm. who actually is a pretty good player in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, right. Who's been the best defensive team in the league in March. Um, and so, yeah. And Rick, I mean, listen, it's hard to coach for a long time anywhere. And and maybe that's what happened with Rick, who's, I mean, it's not like Indiana's winning a lot of games, but they're, they're pretty exciting. I think they'll be good next year. I think Rick, Rick can still coach some. Uh, Rick can. Um, it, it's, it's worrisome. It's worrisome. If you're Dallas, you should be thinking, what the hell are we doing? You know, Henry, I, I know that you're right on, David. What I wonder about that is, because I love that model, right? That's the thing. 50 games every year in those lucky years, we'll go to the conference finals, maybe won an NBA championship, which is what happened to Dallas. But how much of that was Cuban being better then? Or they had a superstar in Dirk Nowitzki who was willing to just deal with whatever the BS was going on behind the scenes. I'm just going to come out every night, play MVP level basketball, whatever happens, happens. Right. And we'll see. Well, versus what Luca no, but let's can be do fair now. though. Let's be fair. There's other places that have fucked up that same scenario. I'm not saying they were the smartest people in the room, but they were not the dumbest. They had one great, I mean, legendary transformative talent, right? Best mm-hmm. seven foot shooter of all time, whatever. Although cat's coming, if, especially if he can stay healthy, if he's pretty good. Um, and they turned it into like you. I mean, I know you couldn't get a ticket to Dallas. Like you, it was hard if you want to be a fan, not as a media person. It was the show, man. And that's not easy in a place that has the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They did a hell of a job. 
they and and now behind the scenes, I can't address that. We all know with some things that were terrible there. It's it's not happening now. And they had a nice magical run last year. But when you can't at least be a top four or five team, it makes last year look like a fluke. Which it kind of and that and I think Henry nailed it when he talked about the, the, you know the, these were the variables. They keep changing those variables, but that's a, when you only have a foundation of one. That's not smart. It, you, whatever you were doing before, it's not it's not working now. I mean, hell, Tyson Chandler was in Charlotte and was done. I went to some games where he played that he didn't play. He sat the bench, and I really wondered, God, have we seen the last of him? Then he went to Dallas and became the you know the defensive player of the year. World champion made a bunch of money. Dallas d- did that. Well, that's not happening now. And and so my only point is they should be asking a lot of questions. What the hell is going on? And how long does Lucas stay, Henry? How long before right. Lucas like that's next. I'm, I'm out of here. That's Get next. me on the next thing smoking. Yeah, it's gonna be tricky, right? This is the the Damon CJ model mm-hmm. also applies here, right? <laughs> like, you know, like why would you have all this loyalty? Like, what would be the point of that, right? Like, I mean, I, I, if you want to win a championship, it might happen there, right? Like, then be, like, the good thing for the Mavericks is that all the other teams are poorly run. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh, not all, but many. Not all. I, but, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But like the, the very good point. The, the, the King test, of the dipshits. The test scores are curved, <laughs> you know? And, right, um, right, exactly. Like an a, you know? <laughs> like, uh, you're looking okay. right and left and like, hope you guys suck. Like, and uh, oh, a lot of them oh, do. Um, I'll tell you, OKC is not going to be well liked. Yeah, because they're yeah, they're, be they're they got a chance. Their coach can really coach, and they're and actually this is the other point, right? Like it it would not surprise me if Kyrie becomes one of the story if he goes somewhere mm-hmm. and fits like a glove, mm-hmm. right? There might be a team that you know, like Rashid and Detroit kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Like where it's like here's a super talented player who didn't believe in his team and didn't believe in his team and didn't believe and then did believe in his team, mm-hmm. right? And like. Like, you know, Kyrie and San Antonio, I don't think it's going to happen, but like, that would be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, can, can pop earnest trust in the organization and then it's yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. Et cetera. Like, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think he'll be here. No, no. Dallas doesn't seem like the the, the likely fit. Um, you know, it, it, as we're talking about this Kyrie thing, you know, he had a fan tossed out of the game. Um, I want to say last night's game because they were, you know, heckling and doing things. And during Kyrie's time in, in Brooklyn, He's often when he goes to the meeting, he's asked about these questions. He talks about, you know, we're human beings, we're human beings, the human element. He he's like, this is what I hate about this game. Like, we're humans, we're humans. And he keeps keeps hammering that message over and over and over again. And there's got to be something there, right? Like for him to consistently mess it up where he feels to connect me back to this whole idea of like earning trust and what have you. That he does not feel valued as a human being, right? In order to then let down whatever guard or wall so that I can open up and begin that relationship of trust. For whatever reason, there seems to be some disconnection there um, on the human element of things. Well, I'll only add that he had no problem offending an entire religion and sure. all scientists. Sure. So, he, you know, that's that's not nothing. And that's what makes uh, that's what makes talking about Kyrie complicated, right? 100% like, right. On the one hand, I hear you on this, but how do you then say all these things on the other hand, right? Or do these things that you don't know anything about on this hand? Listen, Henry and I have been doing this a long time too, Gerard. We, we don't mind... Uh, athletes who have an opinion, uh, obviously we don't. We we love that. We want to hear more of that, not just the canned answers you typically get. But but if you're going to be public, then you need you're going to be held accountable for what you're saying. Uh, there are athletes who have spoken so eloquently. Like to this day, if I could just listen to Muhammad Ali quotes, I'd be a happy man. <laughs> the the genius he he was a showman, 
But if you listen to Ali the way I did growing up, and this weekend I spent some time doing it again, there was so much genius to what he had to say. That's just not the case with Kyrie. So you're you're treating us as we're dumb, and we're holding a mirror and saying, who's dumb? <laughs> like, you know, we're, we're allowed to ask that question when it comes to the vet vaccine. When I it comes suspect to, that, it, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I suspect that if you drop a regular person in the NBA and just had them go through the rigmarole of the beat writers and the mm-hmm. coaches yelling and the mm-hmm. train, the planes and the buses mm-hmm. or whatever, I suspect that we would all be saying, like, this is so dehumanizing, right? Like, I think that it's I, that makes sense to me. Like, I, I physically stood there, like, looking at players going through this gauntlet, and being like, like, this is it's wild. The it's a really it's weird terrible. circus. It, it right? is, like, it's so, so stupid. It's and dumb. it's, yeah. I, I don't think that on that bigger point, Kyrie's wrong. I just think that, like, public no, he rhetoric. No, he is right. He's right. He's right. Yeah, like, he's I'm all right. for people for, you know, some enlightenment on the inhumanity of professional right. sports, right? Like, um, I think that's a very, I think he's being super authentic and I think he's accurate. Like, I just think that public rhetoric for everyone is a minefield, right? Like if you just have mics in front of your face all the time, like, and if on top of that, you don't have the most attuned ear Mm -hmm. to like the way the wind is blowing and you don't Mm -hmm. have the most ability to make friends and Mm -hmm. you're not Mm -hmm. doing shout outs to your teammates all the time, et cetera. Like, like it's not him being singled out. It's like, no, like he just like, he's doing things no one could get away with. Right. Right. He's like, these points are, poorly conceived mm-hmm. and likely to stir up trouble in any setting. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's also racism. Yes, there's also like all of these things are also real. But um but man, like he's just not very good yeah. at it. Yeah. The public rhetoric part. <laughs> Correct. Like, yes. No, and that's, Correct. that's the last thing I want to say. We've talked enough about a team that's not gonna make the play in. You guys can keep <laughs> talking if you want to. I'm out. Except for this. Uh, <laughs> we just make these comments and then David right, just lapses into like the nuggets <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um we we because celebrities are typically movie stars and and other other people in that world that we see a lot in the media. We know of some transformational situations. Robert Downey Jr. is one where this guy was way worse off than Kyrie. This guy was heading off a cliff and lucky to be alive. There's some famous musicians who could say the same thing. We could say the same thing about and absolutely became beautiful. It was successful, happy. Uh, led a fulfilling life and kind of made peace with everything. I'm rooting for that for Kyrie. To to Henry's point, going back to the beginning about trust, I hope there's a coach out there that somehow can can speak that language and basically say, hey, just, just, I'm going to learn from you. You're going to learn from me. Let's, let's work together so you can just have the best career you can have. And so this just becomes a part of your story and not your story. Because you, we all can be better. And and if he's willing to listen to that, which there's no reason to think he won't ever, he's got to do some things to get there. Let's hope that he does that because he is, to Henry's point, like I think he's the most talented, you know, under the rim score of all time. He's brilliant. Under the rim score. The guy that almost all, you know, 99% of his baskets are under the rim. He's the best I've ever seen. That's I, We're doing a bad job ending this topic, but (laughs) come on, that Robert Downey Jr. path to like adoration where you get to be Iron Man after being like an abysmal drug addict, right? Like, or, you know, we all, I think, I don't know, but David and I listen to Smartless, which is like a lot of like Jason Bateman Mm -hmm. talking about his wild addiction years, whatever, like. Openly, yeah. But that path to go from like that to like literally like, you know, minivan driving moms are just like, oh, I love that Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) Right, like that's a pretty white path. Correct. There's a George Foreman was not loved. 
Ali, wa- Ali wasn't either, actually. Right, right. right. So this is, I think matters for, I think Bamani Jones is picking up on this a little bit, right? Which is like, Kyrie is already being portrayed as not just like someone who had a whoops, but as right. like a clown, mm-hmm. right? And once mm-hmm. you're a clown, yeah. you're never beloved again, right? Yeah. Like yeah. he's seen as someone who's like, like the, the, the racist argument against Kyrie is that he's like malformed, mm-hmm. right? That he's like destined to fail because of his very nature, right? Like, yeah. and with Robert Downey Jr., we get a little more of like, oh, well, I know someone whose right. son it was had Holly, a big Hollywood, kind of Hollywood. Profile yeah. I, I knew he could be good. Did. There was goodness yeah. in him always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. the, well, this is a great way to segue, segue into. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> into more, more race in the NBA. Um, Austin Reeves is on the Point Forward podcast, a podcast that I know you listen to, Henry, um, with Andre Iguodala. I don't know if you listened to this particular episode. I did not hear this one. Um, but, you know, listen, Austin Reeves is a, as David's a very good player for the Lakers. Really like, talented player. Really, really talented, talented player. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he also seems very pragmatic in understanding his place in the league and what his goals are. And he literally said, you know, I want to make as much money as possible and be as successful wherever I go. And I thought that was interesting. Because he led with the money, which, by the way, I want to be very clear. I got no problems with that. You want to lead with money? Like, you know, we, we talked about Bonnie Jones earlier. One of the things that, people, that fans love to do is talk about, well, you didn't win a championship, so you're a failure or whatever. And Bo's big thing is like, yeah, but I'm a legend at the bank, <laughs> right? Like, that's, <laughs> that's what matters. When I go to the bank, I am a legend, right? Like, and so I'm good with that. Whatever your motivation is for playing, I, what I don't care if it's money, cool. But most of them, I mean, I know a lot. <laughs> the money is where we start. You, I, My job is to build their value so they can get paid more money. This is their business. And I am 100% fine with that. Yeah. I, thought, I, I thought it was interesting because I wonder in a in this space if a black player said yeah, that. Mikhail Bridges said that three years ago. How yeah. would that sound to... Rashid said that didn't go over well. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> It did not. It did not go over so yeah. well, and so we. we and, it, and this is all t- t- tied around, you know, Perks poorly, uh, uh, you know, said comments about you know race being a factor in MVP voting, but we know that it is a factor in the world, so it has to be a factor in the NBA. And of course, there are going to be fans who, yep, it, this is confirmation bias for them, right? Fits what I'm saying. I knew you guys only cared about the money, right? But I thought it was interesting that Reeves was able to do to, was able to say it and. I'm pretty sure it's going to go under the radar. No one's going to really say anything about it. Just fascinating. Oh, well, this kind of segues into our Mac McClung thing, no. too. Right? <laughs> yes. So we roll right into that. Let's roll right into Mac, Mac McClung, <laughs> who a G League player. Um, so he's not in the NBA right now. Wasn't he? It, it was. He was a ten day at best, right? Yeah, at best, yeah. uh, Warriors. A Warriors, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he was in the dunk contest. Everybody get excited. Cool. He, I mean, his dunks were actually pretty good, Matt. I mean, yeah. since he was uh, in college, I was like, oh, this guy's got. This guy's Where did he play in college? Georgetown for a bit, and then somewhere I think he transferred. Hofstra, uh, maybe. Um, I don't know why I think that. I have no idea. But he definitely, he definitely played there. Um. Anyway, and so going, yeah, Georgetown and then Texas Tech. That's where he went after that. Oh wow, it's big time. The Hofstra of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I thought Hofstra. Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. Is a yeah. Hollywood movie that's coming out, yeah. and in a, yeah. in a movie promo, Matt McClung. Matt McClung is in this movie promo with Vince Carter, and I thought, well, this is pretty interesting. He's not even an NBA player. Like, he's probably not even the best dunker in the NBA. I wonder. And it all ties into this idea of, and Henry, you've heard of this story in the, right, the, the movie, The Great White Hope, right? And it's all tied to this idea of when the heavyweight champion in the world was Jack Johnson, right? A black man. It's like, no, we have to find somebody who can defeat him, right? 
That's when boxing was the most popular sport in the world. It can't be true that this guy is the heavy. No, no, no. It has, a white man's got to be able to do it, right? And so that sort of idea of the white hope, right, has always permeated sports where black people tend to dominate, like the NBA. You can go all the way back to Larry Bird, right, and the comments that Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Robin had, right? It's just on and on and on and on and on. So I thought it was fascinating. I wanted to bring it to the group. So there's this Mac McClung thing, actually. The day that it, it happened, um, so what happened? Um, Shaden Sharp dropped out mm-hmm. of the dunk contest. And so they had to add someone. And then the Sixers signed Mac McClung on like fucking Thursday, right? <laughs> Something like this. Yeah, really, and really then he good. becomes the great white hope on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then he's, that's in February, right? And then he's the star of a major motion picture campaign. And he's the protagonist. Like the mm-hmm. in this promo for Dungeons and Dragons, like the camera opens on his white face mm-hmm. and he's navigating the challenges of the dragons and mm-hmm. the smoke and the whatever. And then he has a little conversation with Vince Carter, right? Um, so when they signed him on that Thursday and then he went on Saturday, I was like, what's the driving force here? Did the Sixers want a different 12th man? Or <laughs> did somebody need this guy to be in the league so he could win this competition? Right. Like, cause in the, as dunk champion, his reach is global. He's a big factor, a big media factor for the league. And he was for several mm-hmm. days. Mac McClung was the biggest story in the NBA. Right. Yep. And, um, and I, I don't, I'm not saying I know what happened here, but I, I will say this, this is Dungeons and Dragons ad. What date was it shot? Like, <laughs> like cause I, these major motion picture campaigns, I've been in some of these meetings. I've been yeah. in a number of these meetings. Yeah. I've nearly fallen asleep in these meetings. Like, <laughs> but like they are booking the the yes. ad time for this six months before. Correct. Yeah. Sometimes they're you know, like the, they're ever having meetings. This, this movie's coming out in whatever. I'm going to guess April. Mm-hmm. Um, they were having meetings about this in October. Correct. Right. Like about when, who's going to be, how are we going to do it? Blah, blah, blah. Right. They might have just shot it. They might have booked all the campaign and then shot it. That could be true. But they might have fucking had Mac McClung on tape in December. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with a giant budget thing and the right. world needs to know who he is and he, he needs to be contest. in that fucking contest. It's the yeah. only hope, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what order of things went. I don't want to spread through. And we may well learn after this podcast that all of this happened last week. They can do that. Sure. Like, but um, actually, there's, well, they, there's special they, effects they, in that ad. They might, they, it, this took a while. Yeah. No, they, they could do both. You, you can plan in October and then just pivot when you realize, hey, there's an opportunity here. And it's probably what ended up happening, right? They, they obviously weren't talking about Mac McClung in October. They were just saying, we're going to be a gig. I don't know. But we know they weren't. No, I don't. Honestly, David, no, honestly, I swear to God, we don't know that. Like, like it's totally possible. I believe it's absolutely possible that somebody called someone's like, we need fucking Mac McClung on our roster. Like, who's got me? Like that. Oh, because he was already going to be in the commercial to begin with. Yeah. Now I understand what you're saying. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my opinion. And I'm gonna com- I'm gonna use Spud Webb and Malcolm Gladwell. You ready? I'm ready. So so Spud Webb was the talk of now he actually was in the NBA, but he was amazing in his dunk contest. Uh, America has embraced slam dunk champions. I don't really know many of them, but most of them have been black. We know that. However, if you remember the great speech that Gladwell gave about tomato sauces, right? You guys, have, we probably have said this on the show before. When that genius guy figured out that they have spicy and they have regular but nobody was making extra chunky and there's a a segment of society that really likes extra chunky and that's how prego overtook ragu and have never seen they've never they've always been in first place ever since 
sadly, tragically, in America, the NBA fans, the one area they can't breach are the racists, the people that just won't with the sports too black. And so some genius in the NBA headquarters may have been thinking, wait a second, we can do everything we're still doing and reach that segment too? We got to find us a Mac McClung. <laughs> that to me is what I was thinking when all this is going down is that that brings in just, you're not, the, the regular NBA fans would root for whomever or not root for them if they weren't excited by the dunks. I did not see the dunks or if I did, I don't remember them. But I've heard they were pretty good. Like he deserved to win the contest. Mm-hmm. But, but that would be the same no matter what color they were in, 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 of the regular fans. But to get another segment to be a fan. And remember, I'm now much more skeptical of the NBA and how they're thinking. I'm more in probably Henry's line of thinking that, that it might have been a, a decision. We've got to get a white face and, and get – because we'll, we'll – by the way, that's the NFL audience. For sure. That's not solely the NFL audience, obviously, when a billion people watch that stupid sport. But, yeah, <laughs> it is, uh, it's a sad reality. And, and meanwhile, I know – I don't know Mac. I know his agent. It seemed like a nice man. Um, I don't know if the guy's ever going to make it. This is, this is going to be the hot of his life, and he's 23 years old or whatever. Listen, if he's going to work in and turn it into a payday, Godspeed to him. And yeah, it, for it, sure. it, it, it is interesting, though, Henry, like with the whole race thing, how, oh, who happens to be the sage man giving him advice in the, oh, it's a black man. It's Vince Carter, right? That whole, like, you know, the, the, the movie trope of like, I didn't how, see it. how does the white protagonist get? Well, the sage old black man gives him advice. And gets him, yeah, yeah, and gets him across yeah. the line. It's, you know, listen, I'm not saying it's nefarious. I'm just saying it is just easy we're, for we're everyone to fall into these, you know, this is how it goes. This is what we do here. Well, if they put the, I mean, like, it's a little harder for a lot of fans to get excited about the commercial if the first face, the protagonist, is black, right? Like, (laughs) black Hollywood doesn't have quite the same box office, like, history as white Hollywood, right? Like, it's, but but how do we, like, they've navigated this, right? Like, the NBA, you know, is very consciously, like, I personally witnessed, like, the VP of the NBA going over to Kevin Garnett and just begging him to take out his diamond earring before they made the ESPN promo. Why? She said like, because they have data. People don't like it. Right. Like, and they airbrushed Alan Iverson's tattoos off the cover mm-hmm. of the magazine. Right. Like, yep. like there's not like, you're right. There's, there's like a, you know, I, I, when I got my NYU degree, uh, honorary degree that day, Sydney Poitier, who's uh, whose daughter was in my class, but like Sydney Poitier was like a certain presentation that was like, America was like, Accept. We can we can accept this. Yeah, right. Like, but the Allen Iverson version was like a little Cannot. more like eh. no, you know, like and and they the NBA fucking man that difference. They manage. They manage. They've always managed. They're mm-hmm. very very like and you know a, a cynic would say that the NBA's message to players is don't be too black, right? And you know oh we have the mouse in the palace like everybody dressed like Sidney Poitier, right? Pretty like, much. Basically what they said, right? That's, like, ex- that's exactly it. Um, yeah. It's it's so, present. Yeah, it's not just this. Like, I, I I appreciate what you're saying about the racist segment, but like, I think more it's like, no, there's like, like this is just like if you're running for office or Correct. trying to star in a movie. Like, broad audience of America, broad doesn't appeal. love Alan Iverson. Like, but who, who who do you guys watch the NCAA tournament at all? Do you know who the face of the NCAA tournament is every year now? Charles Barkley, Spike Lee, Magic Johnson. Who am I forgetting? Magic, David, yeah, I said, but David like Charles Barkley and Magic Johnson are among the most palpable people yeah, to know, white sure. people yeah, in yeah. Right? like that's yeah. they fit a certain yeah. right like that's yeah. and that's the goal who is it's like it's like why did I mean we had a black president right but he had to be the right kind right 
And it was Barack Obama. Nobody else could You get the big Harvard endorsement. Right, like, the Harvard yeah. endorsement. He's black, but he's not too black, right, in a number of ways. White, like, right? white grandmother. There you go, right? It's got to be palpable for a large swath. And when we say large swath, we generally mean white people, right? That's generally what they're saying when they mean large swath. <laughs> well, you just can't get, like, I, I mean, it doesn't make me happy to say this, but like, you can't get the, how many votes do you need to win president? I don't know, like 100 million or something, right? Like <laughs> <No>, 80, Biden <laughs> had 80. 80 million? 80, yeah. Like, you just yeah. can't get the 80 million without some people who were a little nervous about how Al Neverson presents himself. Like, Correct. You know, that's just how the numbers go, right? That's and, for sure. Um, that's just math. <laughs> meanwhile, and then same system, right? Same way. Like I, I, I'm stuck on this point and I will be forever. Like Marcus smart tumbles into the stands. Great mm-hmm. guy, hard player, mm-hmm. like racist as fuck. Old white guy calls him the worst thing. Mm-hmm. And he just for a moment mm-hmm. has a reaction mm-hmm. and the commentator, the mm-hmm. fans, the co- mm-hmm. everybody it's his fault. says yep. that Marcus mm-hmm. smart needs to learn. You don't act like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? That's a super racist system. <laughs> Correct. Right? Like, they tell every fan at home that Marcus Smart fucked up. It's like, mm-hmm. are you crazy? Like, we're just protecting this guy? Mm-hmm. Like, this this old KKK member or whatever the fuck he was? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is fucked up. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I, uh, no, no, no. Let's say derailed us a little there. No, no, no. <laughs> we, 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 we are all good. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys. Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couples therapist for my partner and I, and both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. <laughs> Let's, I did a thing this morning as we transitioned back to on the floor. I was looking at the Western Conference because I think the East, first of all, the top teams in the East, everybody's clinched up to spot four. Yeah, Cleveland's in now. Okay. In the West, we only got two teams clinched. Three through six is still, I don't know, anybody. I think Sacramento will hold on to three. But four through six, shit, anything can happen there. What are we thinking about four through six right now? Right now it's Phoenix. Golden State is six. Clippers are five. Well, we know no Paul George, so not looking great. And Kawhi's got a face contusion or something. Something happened to him, but I think he's playing. Uh, Phoenix still doesn't have to ramp back yet. Eight and I think will be back tonight. Yeah. And then Golden State's getting hot. Well, they lost the second out of a back-to-back last night. I mean, right. Golden State it, ends up four. Game. It's a tough game. Well, Golden yeah. State ends up four. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's possible. Yeah, I think Phoenix and Golden State are in better better situation. Than the I think Golden State's looking like themselves more. Uh, getting Andrew Wiggins back would be just well. Put, I don't know about that. Pay, they're getting Peyton Gary Payton the second back. Yeah, they're getting he played. Back. Oh, he played, he played last, last night. Okay. Yeah, so they're yeah. Um, uh, Kerr Kerr was hoping. That that he'd be back, and I I talked to some people behind the scenes that 
that thought he could be back. Oh, they think he will it, be back. Okay. It, they think it could, he could be back. Yeah. And, but I mean, how good is he going to play? Who yeah, knows? He needs some time. He's, yeah. they can't do it without him for sure. No. Uh, it's a tough road. Phoenix, I think, has the best, they have the rosiest outlook. Mm-hmm. I mean, Phoenix has the rose because Kevin Durant will come back, mm-hmm. and he's always been just fine when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they and Aiden coming back too would help, uh, but these are all you know very flawed teams compared to the th- big three in the East. They really are. Even um, go ahead, Henry. The Mavericks and Jazz are the ones that are kind of outside looking in right now. Yeah. Are they going to be? Well, because if, if you're Utah, what what's the incentive to lose? You're not in the Wemby sweepstakes. You're not. You don't. Have, you don't, can't lose enough games now, so you're not going to get them. So, I mean, David, you agree with this? Win games and get into the play-in. Give your young guys a chance. I don't think they're against that. Yeah, that, they don't look to me like they're not trying to win. Um, they're, they're they're two a, games uh, behind, like the Thunder and the Lakers, and like. They don't. They just have seven games left, right? Like right, it's hard to catch up to. That. They're probably yeah. not going to do this, right? Right, right. Probably not. Can the yeah. Pelicans? Not the Pelicans. Can the Timberwolves sneak into the top six? How far back are they now? Half they a game. Are. Half a game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and they're starting to play better. Especially, been for a especially while. if the Clippers sink without Paul George. I didn't look up Minnesota's numbers in 2023, but they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and, and Cat's yeah. back. So yeah. You know. Well, my guess yeah. is. Uh, if the Mavericks and Jazz, who are eleven and twelve right now, are out, then like our top ten are set. Yeah. Does Dallas right. have a? Does Dallas have the lottery pick? Mm. Do they trade it? I don't remember. No. Oh man. See, I, I thought it was better. I would know that. That's, that's brutal for them if they don't. Have, if they yeah. don't have their first round pick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I I've just not paid attention to it because you didn't expect it to happen, but. It's good. Uh, and are you still right now? I was looking at five thirty eight uh, likelihoods to win the championship. The three East teams are, of course, tops. They have Celtics first, then Bucks, then Sixers. The Grizzlies at fourth. Oh my God. <laughs> David, listen, this is our obligatory. <laughs> we got to talk about the Grizzlies for two seconds. Hottest team in the league. Nine and one of their last 10 winners of six straight. How are you liking how Memphis is looking lately? I've not really paid much attention. All right, all right. that's okay. Be, that's since okay. I've been watching more of the NCAA tournament, I need to, I will start again this week. Right. Um, and I'm going to see the Pelicans in person soon. Uh, Do you, is there something you want to say about no, the no, Grizzlies? No, 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 no. <laughs> honestly, uh, winning a, a good season for them, given everything that's gone on, would be to see them advance another round. Yeah, get to the yeah. conference finals. That right. would be so win, impossible. Win two playoff series last year. They everything one, in two. the West is possible because yeah. there's no dominating team. And all the teams are fine. I mean, the bad the, of the lower level ones, they're not, they're not terrible. It's like we've had some terrible, like Orlando, when they kept running the eighth spot, like they were bad. Yeah. And I think they, there's those, a real, those teams like, are not terrible. Like, there's a real decision for every fan of every NBA team, which is like, are you excited to be in there with a chance? Like, or do you want to win a championship? Right. Like, it totally mm, is different. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I know I've told the story before, but like when, when the Clippers got Baron Davis and like mm-hmm. went from irrelevance to relevance, like Kevin Arnovitz was like, basically like, you don't understand this is like, this is the goal, right? Like, meanwhile, it was like you, they were never, ever going to win a championship with that setup, like nope. the salaries and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, is that good or is that not good? Right. And like, um, I feel like this with the Grizzlies a little bit right now where it's like, you know, I think like, everything is possible, but like, is it good enough to be like duking it out with the nuggets in the conference finals. Is that yeah, a great yeah. year or yeah. do we need to get a job title? Like, you know, what's the, where mm, we? yeah, well it, it will certainly be interesting. I, I like conference finals is what that would make me happy. I, yeah. I, I'd be good with that. Okay. We'll see. Um, Lakers are back and LeBron's back. 
They are in the play-in. They're eighth right now. Um, he thinks we can get a top six seed. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think you guys are, but maybe, I don't know. Maybe they can, whatever. What's more interesting is LeBron was out for 13 games with a torn tendon in his foot. Well, it's not his Achilles tendon because then he'd be out for the whole season. Right. So it's one of the other two tendons. Doesn't know, don't know which one. Can and you name we, them? Uh, I actually did write this down somewhere. Oh, I'm so impressed. <laughs> Hold on. No, I can't. You, here's a question I have for you that I, that I will tell you because I wrote it down. Should we, should we know which tendon it is that he, that he tore? Does it matter? Yeah, I, I went and looked up this 2019 Brian Windhorst story mm-hmm. where he talks about how like the league's taking millions from MGM to deliver like real time injury information with integrity. And at that time, the sort of poster child of this was like uh, Damian Lillard had injured his ribs in a like maybe game two of the playoffs and then was kind of playing super hurt in game three. But nobody knew that. And the idea was like the league's promised MGM that they're going to provide this kind of info, anything that would affect the betting lines. And then the people from MGM said that they weren't upset about it because blah, blah, blah. But, um, but it is like, you know, the, I, in a gambling centric league, uh, where, you know, betters really freaking care about who's banged up or not. And there's Mm -hmm. like some discussion about should everybody's MRI results be public and on and on and on, like we're supposed to know. Mm -hmm. Right. And meanwhile, you know, not too long before Brian's story, LeBron said after losing the finals that he'd played the last three of the finals with a broken hand. Mm-hmm. Like that was the absolute PS to raise stance of like, well, that is the kind of thing that is like supposed to be public, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you know, for fans and for gamblers. So I don't know, but it looks to me like LeBron is like lording over us, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, he's coming back, he's played a game, mm-hmm. and then Dan McMiniman asks him. What was your injury? Like the most famous player in the world went out for 13 games. Either his posterior or his perineal. Those are the two other ten- tendons in the in the, in the foot. <laughs> um, yeah, so like this is so crazy to me. Like, he, like Dave McMahon was like, you know, what was the injury you were dealing with? And then LeBron's silent. And he looks at Dave. And then he looks at the horizon. And he's kind of deciding like, you know, am I actually going to answer say? this question? Mm-hmm. Or not, right. It's like asking Tony Stark if he's Iron Man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then he says, the injury I was dealing with? Like, yeah. this has been LeBron's, he's been doing three-a-day rehab. Like, yeah, he yeah, fucking yeah. knows what his fucking injury is, <laughs> yes. right? Like, like he has stacks of books this tall on this injury, right? Like, and then he says, I tore a tendon in my foot. And then, um, and then he says, I mean, just on my point of privacy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, uh, why did you decide against surgery? And he says, because I went to the LeBron James of feet and he told me I shouldn't. And then um, if I end up having to get surgery yeah, after the, the season, you guys won't know. Mm-hmm. I don't talk to you guys in the offseason. By the time next season starts, I'll be fine. I'll be ready to go. Like he's lording over them that you'll never have to know, right? And then uh, and then Dave asks, what country is the LeBron James of feet based in? And he says, I don't know. No. <laughs> I have no idea. This is okay. This is so good to unpack so many things here. So you guys all know this when you're in it, or maybe you don't, but like, I'm sure you do. When I was in my other career and I would media train people or whatever, one of the tricks when you're looking for an answer to search is to repeat what the person just said, right? As you're figuring out in your brain, all right, do I want to lie or tell the truth here, right? This is, so the whole, what kind of injury did I have? Like he's he's searching to figure out what am I going to say right now? He's waving a big red sign that says, bullshit coming. (laughs) Now, again, foot injury may be enough, right? On for for betters, MGM. 
LeBron out foot injury. That might be enough to know. Do I need to know what's your posterior perineal? Why does that matter? Like, uh, I, I mean, I have an ingrown toenail right now, Gerard, and I'm telling you, I could probably play in the NBA okay. as I am. You could, right now, you're okay. It is a foot injury, though. You're, you know? you're true. You're right. Okay. So yeah. maybe a little bit more detail. Um, and then LeBron James' feet. So of course, he, being who he is, he sees the top medical and professional in every field because he can. What does he what, – what is he – what do we as the public have a right to know about those meetings with those people? And then, thirdly – where is a LeBron James of feet based? Well, LeBron, if he's somewhere else and not in the U.S., why do you feel like you have to go to Germany <clears throat> or wherever to go get this kind of treatment? It's Look, it's all interesting and fascinating, and it really comes down to what do we have rights to know when it comes to health, and I just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any, like, to me, the what country thing was a funny, obvious, like, like you know, Dave covered Kobe. Right, like so he would know. The what country was like kind <laughs> <Right>. of a <laughs> did you go to like Germany <laughs> half yeah. joke kind of allusion <laughs> right. to this, right? And by the way, that therapy that Kobe got in Germany was like, like it's totally standard now, right? Like it's just yeah, not everyone a big does deal. it now. Like, yeah. yeah, like it, it was surprising to some people, but like it just that was not the smoking gun of doping <laughs> right. in the NBA, right? Like right. PRP, right? Like, um, but uh, but to me, LeBron saying, "I don't know, I have no idea," like this was like to me, he's like. He's giving less of a shit and he's less artful and being secretive about, he's just like, whatever, what are you guys going to do to me? Like, I'm, right, you know, like yeah. he's, I'm 150 years old. Like I've, I've talked to you guys a million times. Right. Like what? Like yeah, it's, nothing. he's like, he's dropping the guard a little bit, right? He's like doing a, a very poor job of what he's always been very good at, which is just keeping his health information. Like his weight his yeah. entire, has been entirely secret his entire career, right? Like nobody knows, um, you know, he's got a guy who's moved from team to team with him as a personal trainer. You know, he spends a million dollars a year on his body. He says he has a special bus to drive around in. Like, you know, just the way that, you know, there's, there's a former special forces guy who mm -hmm. like does something with his movement quality mm -hmm. or something. And, you know, it's just like, you know, he's been very clear that he doesn't owe us anything in that regard. And, you know, I don't personally feel like I have to know what's happening in his private Agreed. meeting with a doctor, but like the factors that govern Lakers wins and losses are also not known, knowable to us. Right. And how much do we think the Lakers, does he tell the Lakers about what's going on? Cause clearly when he's hurt, he ain't, he ain't seeing, well, it's not Gary Vitti anymore, but whoever, or is it Gary Vitti? I don't know. No, he, it's not Gary Vitti. He's not talking to that guy. Whoever's ahead of that, that ain't the person he's talking to. How much do they know about what's going on? Well, I, do we think they know it's it, the Lakers don't have a good reputation as being the like team that's earned trust in like injury recovery. Mm -hmm. Right. For a while, the guy that they had was like Judy's, uh, no, um, was Jeannie Buss's, Jeannie Buss's like yeah. celebrity Beverly Hills trainer. trainer right. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. so I think it's, you know, on most teams, it's a problem that like, you know, or, or other teams they've like the highest bidder, right? Like the hospital system with the highest, bidder, you know, gets to be the person mm -hmm. who like, you consult with and like so the players have very little reason to believe in like this set of doctors i know that we from the outside think like oh they have the best of everything it's like it's seldom in the experience right like mm -hmm. um david could tell stories all day about yeah. completely <laughs> effed up diagnoses and completely yep. effed up everything right so i imagine lebron goes to whoever he wants to go to and tells the lakers whatever he wants to tell them and no more right yeah yeah they they, they want updates on when you think he'll be back that that'd be about it so he's really supposed to tell them and it's just fascinating. And it is something that I think, you know, we can do a whole show about <laughs> what, you know, EPO and what we think actually, you know, all that. But it's, 
all of this is very fascinating. Um, David, you did some homework this weekend. You were watching the NCAA tournament and you had a thought about the tournament and the pending NBA draft in June. Correct. Uh, we, I, I was really the, 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 a lot of talk right now about the NCAA tournament is how many transfer players were mm-hmm. the dominant force and, and just how there's no freshmen that'll be in this draft that are playing coming up here, or at least none that are going to be drafted. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I remember any seeing any freshmen. I saw one yesterday, really good from here, actually, uh, for Texas, but they lost. They're not in the Final Four. He didn't do much anyway. They scored two points. It's a grown man's – college game's a grown man's game now. The transfer portal is everything. And there's a player I fell in love with at Miami. I've watched Miami a bunch. I've never paid attention to this guy, but he's my son's favorite player in terms of projecting NBA talent. Uh, there's two guys that I love. The one I was talking about is older. His name is Jordan Miller. He's 23. And so I, I texted a guy that follows, he does a mock draft himself that I subscribe to. Why is not anyone's mock? He said, well, he's 23. So I'm going to read you off a list of names here, guys. You ready? Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with number nine, uh, 2021. Davion Mitchell, Zaire Williams, James Booknight, Joshua Primo, Chris Duarte, Moses Moody, Corey Kispert, Alperin Sangoon, Trey Murphy, Trey Mann, Kai Jones, Jalen Johnson, Keon Johnson, Isaiah Jackson, Usman Garuba, Josh Christopher, Quentin Grimes, Bones Highland, Highland Cameron Thomas, Jaden Springer, Daron Sharp, Santi Aldama. All right. Have you Those been drinking, all... David? No. <laughs> no. I got a little hiccups with me. Uh, those, um, those players are all first-round picks. Maybe four or five or even memorable. Guys that really we think might yeah. make it as more than just a barely a rotation guy. Yeah. And that was just first round. Second round is almost... None of them are doing anything. Yeah. Why are we afraid to draft a guy who's 23? Wait, what is that list, though? That list is 18-year-old or something? No, those were all first-round picks, of which most of them will never really make it. Oh, I see what you're saying. We, yeah. They just kept drafting young guys. Typically, that Duarte's older. He was all rookie last year. He's not doing as well this year. But most of those guys aren't going to make it. So this idea that we should be drafting young guys because maybe they'll, they'll be all-stars, but in reality, they may not play for us well for two years and maybe never really make the league. When you could draft a 23-year-old that projects like he's going to be a solid player, who cares if he's 23? Most of those guys are 21 and 22 that they're playing against now. They're not dominating freshmen typically anymore, especially at this level. I think it's very short-sighted. So the 23-year-old that looks like he's fantastic and has the prerequisite length, size, skill, strength, athleticism, draft him and, and get yourself a decent player, a positive player. And, and our league just... We're so worried about, oh, we got to find the next all-star, and we're, we keep swinging and missing. Strikeouts are bad in basketball, too. Well, th- this is Cam Johnson, right? Yeah. The, the reason why people didn't want to draft him is because, oh, he's already 23. Okay, he may not be a all-NBA player, but he is a above-average NBA starter. And newsflash, if you're building a team, you need above-average NBA starters on your team. And you got him on a four-year cheap deal. Yeah. Those guys are ready to play pretty much right away, at least From close to one. it. And, you, and you, you're paying them jump change compared to where you pay a veteran that's equally as good. I, I just think it's, it's short-sighted by the NBA to not look at older guys uh, who, who absolutely – you have to guess that they're going to definitely make your team, and especially if they get on rotation minutes. It's worthwhile to grab them. Well, I, go ahead, Henry. I have the most outrageous possible analogy to make, um, <laughs> which is uh, I've been listening – against my better judgment to a podcast called you must remember this which is like about the 
sordid history of Hollywood. Mm. And um, season three is about Charles Manson, who has like unbelievable overlaps with Hollywood. It's like it's just the whole thing is like Jeez. what? <laughs> um, okay, but Charles Manson is a cult leader, right? And he needs to dupe people into believing in him, right? And so he tells his followers that basically if they hang in long enough, they will literally grow wings, right? They're going to become supernatural, right? And so they have to keep believing in him for this reason, right? And so why the fuck did I bring this up? Because like, if you have an MBA GM job, right? The most important thing in the world is that the billionaire Mm -hmm. believe in you, right? Like, an 18-year-old who maybe has some crazy anthropomorphic measurements or some crazy something at the, you know, is someone who you can concoct the supernatural around, mm-hmm. right? Like, you have to believe in me because I'm your connection to mm-hmm. infinite potential 18-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't David's talking about actually using real skill to actually <laughs> right. concoct a winning team with Jordan right. Miller, right? Yeah, like, right. that's the supernatural thing. Win. <laughs> Win. <laughs> Well, winning. So, but if you're selling horse shit, you need the 18 year old, right? Yes. If yeah. you're selling like winning, right. then the 23 year old is obviously better because the odds are the five years it takes for your 18 year old to become 23 year old, you won't last that long, right? As a GM, right? You're probably, <laughs> even if you're selfishly just like trying to keep your job, like there's an argument for Jordan Miller, which is just put him out there and have him <laughs> stop somebody and then dunk it, <laughs> right? Like that's pretty helpful. <laughs> He looks like he look he plays a lot like a quicker RJ Barrett, not as powerful, but they're very mm. similar. Six seven, lefty, big, strong, athletic. Uh, but he didn't look that when he was 18. Because if yeah. he did, he'd have been drafted in the in the lottery. But now that he actually continued to work on his game and you don't have to pay any money for it, the college guys did, you won't draft him. It's just very we'll see. David, if they win the national championship, they might draft him. But this is at the heart of what you do, which is player development, and which you've long said doesn't happen in the NBA, right? I, I talked about the top of the show. These Even teams, more important, you drafted 23 rows. They've already been developed. The, <laughs> these teams are not incubators to let these these seeds sprout up. They're just not They're not designed for that. So why they keep drafting them? I, I'm not against drafting young guys at all. I'm just saying the, the whole game should be acquiring talent, whatever the age is. And if we think we can grow this guy to be a home run hitter, great. But singles are valuable too. We so all, we, this is something Henry said, Henry and I've been talking about this a long time, but he first started talking about it. Uh, when you play a player that's a negative on your team, it's a huge problem for your team. Play nothing but good players, and you're so much better. That's what right. these guys so you can, can be. Put in Jordan Miller in the minutes that Kevin Knox yeah. is playing. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, we, we see this play out in the most visceral way every postseason. That one weak player that that team has. Yeah. Can't hide them. Same in baseball. You can't hide Every them. Every time. Every yeah. time. Uh, David, before we go, the Jalen Brown has been on a tear lately scoring the basketball. And the Celtics are back up in second spot. But you know who has not been on a tear scoring I, I the basketball? Do. It's Jason Tatum. I do. 31% in, uh, in this month. 31% from three on over nine threes a game. Um, I, watched, I watched tape on him over the weekend. He's really struggling as a shooter. Re- I mean – like bad. Like is it just variant? Like is it shooting variants? Are you seeing mechanically, I mean, or is he just fatigued? No, I, he looks fine to me. It's just, it's just not, and he's not had a good year. He's, at, I think he's down at thirty four percent from three. He's not even had a great month. Yeah. I'm not sure he's been out of thirties at any month this year. Not one time. If so, it may be October. It's something to keep an eye on for Boston. They really need Jason Tatum to be at the MVP caliber player that he is. The first team All NBA last year. That's not the guy we're seeing right now. That's a big part of why they're struggling. 
why they're not like, played as well. Can he just get a week off? Can we just well, yeah. Is, yeah. right? Can we yeah, just... and you and you actually the answer is yes. He yes. won't though. You right? might you might fall from three to four. What does that matter? Milwaukee, Philadelphia, well, Boston. Well, well, they're in two. I mean, Boston's two. In two. So they, they might hold up. Right. So give, so give them rest now. Three. Yeah. Right. But even they fall three, whatever, it doesn't matter. You lose home court advantage, but you got Jason Tatum back. Yeah. Yeah. He's just really been, it's just been off. So it's something to watch. And which is the team that's going to do that and be smart and say, you know what? It doesn't matter. Let's give our guys a week rest right now. We'll be fine come the playoffs because it'll be better in the long run. Who's, Denver, but Denver because they're going to probably have clinched first seed. Who's brave enough? Who is the GM and the head coach brave enough to stand in from the media and take the slings and arrows and get killed on talk radio? Well, Jaw already did it, right? Like, <laughs> well, but that I mean, was that was forced. That wasn't on. They didn't plan. But that, it's but, rest. Yes, it is rest. right. It's yes. super helpful, right? Like yeah, he's very bouncier. He he's is much. He already looks bouncier. Very yeah. springy. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Denver will rest Jokic. <laughs> Nobody, you're right. Nobody. As, soon as, as soon as Jokic wins the, as soon as they win the first seed, they'll rest him. But I understand your point. You 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 shouldn't just do it when you've clinched your seed. You should yeah. do it no matter what your seed is because you want more rested stars. All right, really quick prediction before we go. We've got a titanic matchup tonight between the second seeded or third seeded Philadelphia 76ers in the East and the number one uh, Denver Nuggets in the West. Many people are going to say tomorrow morning on all those idiotic shows, this is for the MVP, blah, blah, blah. Not necessarily who's going to win, but what's going to happen in the game? David, I'll let you go first. I think Embiid's going to go hog wild to try to score 50. Like you said it to me off air. I think you're right. And I think his team's going to help him because they, they, they support him. But I think the Denver guys are going to do the same thing with Jokic, who already has two and doesn't want it nearly as badly. He just, honestly, Jokic's at a point now where he wants to win a championship. Yeah. Yeah, he's already got two of those trophies. What if, what, what they, if didn't, his, they didn't help him win. What if his teammates are like, screw that. We're going to push him forward to get it. That'd be so great. Henry, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I was I was just immediately reminded me of the last game of the season a few years ago was Giannis in Philadelphia. Well, he was with his teammates, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, but uh, <laughs> And it was extremely exciting. And like MB and Giannis ended up guarding each other a lot and just physical, physical. And I, and I remember I was sitting pretty close and I was like, I had the sensation. I was like, maybe Joel Embiid is going to like take out Giannis. Like I was like, it was like a <laughs> battle battle, right? It was like, it was like, um, it was a little on the edge of mania, right? Like it was a little bit of like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't even remember who won the game. I think the Bucks did. But anyway, I, it has occurred to me that like Joel Embiid wants this so bad and he's emotionally volatile in a way that was like, Imagine Sixers fans love, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. but I did. I sort. I was sort of joking, but like on our call this morning, I was like, thirty percent chance Embiid's gonna deck some, gonna deck Jokic or somebody, right? Like, not because he's like got evil in his heart, but just because he's just he, he is working hard for this thing. <laughs> he wants it so bad, and um. So yeah, I I would be I would watch with a little bit of an ear, an eye on just like mm-hmm. his his temperament. Yeah. His, his disposition to dominate, as David Thorpe likes to yes. say. And, oh, and what about that? <laughs> be a high level. Be and a high disposition level. to fall down. Like, <laughs> yeah. And a disposition to deck somebody. All right, yeah. folks. Uh, we will see you later on in the week. Uh, take care.